This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Stuck back for Arfield. One up early. Scott Arfield. He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Burnley win the next ball. It's a Rory now. It's on the outside. He's a Quickly finds Benson in space at the byline. Can Burnley get a goal here? Back for Brownell. Saved by the keeper. That is magnificent. They deserve that. Yes, hello everybody, welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Redmond, ahead of this weekend's game against West Ham United at Turf Moor, Saturday 3 o'clock. Unfortunately everybody, the international break is over. I've enjoyed it, I've enjoyed not having any anxiety about Burnley. Um, but as you can see, I'm joined by West Ham fan Will and he's from the We Are West Ham YouTube channel. How are you doing mate? Yeah, I'm all right, Joe. Yeah, it's good to uh, good to be on again. I think you're one of the only few people on the planet who are saying uh, the who are gutted the international break is over. That did make yeah. me laugh. I must admit, most people desperate for club football to return. You and uh, a small handful of others from up there at Turf Moor just head in hand so you go watch your yeah, team. It's, yeah, it's it's not been great, mate. Like I said, I've enjoyed not having to worry about Burnley. But before we get into it, just a reminder that for the 23-24 season, the Turfcast podcast pre-game show is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. 
Grinking Sport venues are showing every single televised Burnley fixture over the course of the season. So instead of turning to the internet for a dodgy stream, get your mates together and get down to your local Grinking pub and get closer to the action. This season, Grinking have launched the Grinking Sport Instagram page which will be home to fan content, deals and competitions throughout the season. They've already given away Champions League final tickets and signed shirts, so you don't want to miss out. Drop them a follow on Instagram. You won't just be helping Green King, you'll be helping Turfcast as well. So please go ahead and do that. Will, talk to me about your season so far. Then Talk to me about West Ham, because I'm just looking at the Premier League table and I'm not surprised is the wrong word because you're a good side. But with all the noise surrounding West Ham, I didn't think you'd be as as high up as as ninth. Like there's been a lot of noise about Brighton and how great Brighton are, and you're only two points behind them. You're doing all right, aren't you? Oh, Joe, honestly, that's, such is the existence of being a West Ham fan, right there, where you've seen yeah, all you do all the time is have to persuade people, including most of the time our own fans that we're actually quite good. We're top of our Europa League group. We're in Europe yeah. for the third season running as it is anyway, for the first time in our history, I think. We're top of our Europa League group. We've just beaten Arsenal in the only game we've played in the Carabao Cup, so it can't get any better on that front. And we're ninth in the Premier League, which, even if you don't know, as I wouldn't expect fans of your podcast to know, watch which teams we've played so far, you'd still say, oh, ninth is all right. When you consider that we've played five of the current top seven already, we'll beat yeah. Brighton away, and well, we haven't beaten Brighton for more than a decade. We've played Man City and Liverpool and Villa. Uh, all right, Chelsea aren't the, the force they once were, but we've played them as well, and Newcastle, and we're still ninth. Honestly, mate, I, I, I'm uh, the the, on, the only enjoyment. Of sucked out of supporting West Ham at the moment. My enjoyment is being sucked out by our own fans and constantly like demanding David Moyes get sacked. And I'm like, I, I can't even, I can't even sort of compute it anymore. So what I would say is, when you say all the noise around West Ham, what I think you mean is uh, all the tweets about West Ham. Yeah. Saying, but normal people, normal match going fans, people like my dad and people of his age who don't have Twitter. They've got a bit more normal brains in their head and, and know it's actually quite good. Yeah, yeah, no, look, look outside looking in, it does look quite good. Um, last few results, though, in the league haven't been the best. Obviously, you beat Forest last time out, um, probably expected to beat them, but lost at Brentford, uh, lost at home to Everton, which is probably one that raised a few eyebrows. I remember seeing that one and thinking, for God's sake, thank you for that, West Ham. Um, <laughs> And then, obviously, losing away at Villa, who are a good side, to be fair. A 2-2 draw home to, to, to Newcastle, which is a good result. And then before that, it was a 2-0 win against Sheffield United. So, last few games, a few defeats in there. Mate, honestly, the Everton one's the one. The Everton one is the turd in the punch bowl there. Like, yeah. other, it, it, other than that, David Moyes, he, he did... Look, I'm, I'm very pro-David Moyes anyway. But I will criticise him when, when, he, when he warrants it. And he had a right little weird spell then. He made a big wrong decision. It all stemmed from we played Olympiacos away and he started a really, really weak team. And we were awful. I went all the way to Greece and it was lucky Athens is such a lovely city because I'd have been fuming otherwise because it, it was insulting to the 1,600 fans who paid a lot of money and took a lot of time out of their diaries to go out yeah. there. And then that just sort of, put pressure on him. We had that Everton game at home in the Prem following weekend, as yeah, the weekend afterwards. So 
rather than going to Olympiacos, which would have all but cemented our, our place at the top of that Europa League group, which cuts you out the, the round of 32. If you win your group, you go straight to the last 16. He, he fielded a really weakened team. We lost there. And then the Everton gun came around. There was massive pressure on it. We played rubbish again. And then, and it was all sort of a, a stinker of his own making. Fortunately, we then played Arsenal and, and bounced back with that victory over them in the League Cup. And then the, the five-goal thriller against Forest has sort of like calmed it all down a bit. But yeah, it yeah. was a mess of his own making. But other than the Everton game, mate, I say we should have won that. If we'd have won that, I think we'd have been eighth, knocking on the door of seventh, maybe. And so, yeah, other than the Everton game, mate, if you look at the season on a whole, we're still doing really well. Yeah, I agree. Um, and by the way, if you'd have won that Everton game, we won't be bottom now. Um, so I'm going to yeah, put, yeah, put the entire yeah. blame on, on, on you on you and West Ham. Um, yeah. But but no, um, I do want to talk to you as well about uh, injuries and stuff because there's been a lot of noise uh, surrounding injuries at West Ham. I've seen a lot of tweets, got quite a few injuries. Antonio out for quite a while, apparently. Um, Bowen might play this weekend, but might not. But might, might not. Sorry, you'll know more uh, than me. Who's out, who's in? Yeah, so obviously we spoke just about 24 hours ago on on mm. our channel and yeah at that stage we know slightly more it, it it's a slightly better prognosis i mean you speak to some west Ham fans me included to be honest uh michael antonio being out for three months would be considered a positive thing rather than a negative <laughs> um but no I, I as far as i understand it jared bowens was only ever i don't think it was ever going to be as mm. serious as people wanted to make out even gareth southgate said it, it's not too bad but wasn't worth risking yeah. him for the macedonia game he's basically a 50 50 for saturday but if he doesn't make that he'll definitely be back for our next game so no real concern about that and he's been playing really well up front um he played started up front against arsenal and forest and was yeah. really good and he offered more when he was playing uh, antonio he is good to have off the bench and i think that's as as much as his role should be at West Ham. It's almost not his fault that as a club, we haven't been able to source an adequate replacement for him in so long. Um, but yeah, I think he's more of a risk for the weekend. But if I'm honest, if Bowen's fit and he would have played up front anyway, so it's the, the Bowen thing is more of a starting 11 effector. But if Antonio's not available, all it means is we'll just have no reinforcements to come off the bench other than the woeful Danny Ings or Divine McBamo, who's still a little bit rough and ready at 18 and unproven. Yeah, obviously that leads me on nicely to my next question. I did try and ask you about Danny Ings yesterday, but you said you'd talked about it too much on your own podcast that you don't <laughs> want to bore your listeners with it anymore, which is fair <laughs> enough, I get that. Um, but I, up until about two weeks ago, because obviously I don't follow that many West Ham accounts, I think there's you and a couple of others. Yeah. Um, I started seeing a few tweets like whinging and uh, people um, putting comments up sort of like saying like, not as harsh as get out of our club, but, you know, along them lines, like don't really want him here anymore. I like, Obviously, I don't watch him play anymore, but when he was here, he was a very good forward, deservedly mm. went on to a club like Liverpool. If it wasn't for injuries, he'd probably have had an even better career than what he has. Did well at Southampton. Yeah. Loved a goal against us. Celebrated them a lot, which I think was more of a, uh, um, a dig at Dice rather than us. So it'll be interesting if he does play in his goals this weekend, um, what his reaction will be. But what's all this noise and all this negativity, this negative noise surrounding Danny Ings? Like, what, what's what's gone wrong with Danny Ings and uh, uh, down at West Ham? Danny Ings should never pull on a West Ham shirt again. And 
there's a couple of reasons for it. as with as with every football shout really there's always more nuance than just one black or white shout either way yeah you shouldn't play for our football club again because he's he doesn't fit he was a he was a bad signing right he he, he doesn't fit in in david moyes's style david moyes's style of play requires a very specific type of center forward that's someone who is quick and athletic and can run channels and run in behind. Ultimately, being a striker under David Moyes isn't a super glamorous role, right? Mm. But you also there's not a huge goal scoring pressure on you because the way Moyes plays, our attacking midfield players shoulder a lot of the goal scoring burden. You know, Bowen plays on the wing, Paqueta comes up with a few, Bowen Rama should be doing that, but he's not. Um, and Mohamed Kudus will hopefully, and it looks like he's going to be one of them too. So if you score. 10 goals for West Ham in the league as a striker and do enough of the ugly work to bring other players in, you're going yeah. to be fine under David Moyes. Fans will love you. Danny Ings was never that sort of player, so I don't know why we signed him in the first place. So he was already sort of up against the, you know, up against the big barrier or big hurdle that he had to, had to overcome. But the 125 grand a week wage that we're giving him, making him our third highest earner, Mate, he couldn't be further away from our third highest contributor. He looks overweight now. Uh, he just doesn't look interested. He looks like he's hiding from the ball and he mm. offers nothing. But so it's a, it's one of those situations where I almost feel it's of West Ham's making, really. The, the, the reports are, suggestions are that David Moyes didn't want him and he was a David Sullivan signing. And it was like, look, you need a striker. So I've gone out and got you one based on, oh, he was good at Southampton. No tactical analysis of it at all mm. because Southampton play. He was good at Southampton. He wasn't very good at Aston Villa. And then West Ham signed him. Uh, and I just, so I think I sort of feel sorry for him in a way. But also now I'm like, well, look, I love David Moyes. But our podcast this week, when it looked like the injury crisis up front might be a little bit worse than it probably is going to be. Yeah. I was like, well, if David Moyes, plays gives Danny Ings a single minute he's signing his own exit papers I don't want him to leave at all loads of our fans do Moisey I mean um, yeah so it, it, it just doesn't work and I, all of this size oh, the third highest contributor and all that stuff and pressure from the board to play him well ignore it ignore it give Devine Mabama a chance he's unproven not saying he would be loads better but at least he's got room to grow Ings is on the decline he clearly doesn't want to be there for anything other than the enormous money. Why are we paying him 125 grand a week? I don't know. And I, it's a bad now where I think it's insulting to West Ham fans who pay their hard-earned money to go and watch the club home and away. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If they turn up, and Danny Ings is, is playing up front because it, it's that bad, mate. And I'm not one for hyperbole and going over the top. Honestly, I'm not. But in this situation, it's that bad and he shouldn't play for West Ham again. And he should go in January if we can get rid of him. Yeah, interesting. You might struggle on the 125 grand a week contract. I'm not sure yeah. who else will pay that. But that's interesting. It doesn't I want to say it doesn't sound like him hiding from the ball, but there was a very specific incident that a lot of Burner fans will remember when we got a penalty against Leicester in what was it, 2014, something like that. And if we'd have won that match, we'd have probably stayed up. He he refused to take the penalty. He gave it to Matty Taylor, who then went to miss the penalty. Um I say refused, that's harsh. I think it's he, he just gave it to Matt Taylor rather than wanting to take it. Uh, we, we lost that match and then went down. Leicester won the league season after. So we, we've all decided if Ings had took that penalty and scored it, we'd have won the Premier League the year after. So, But it don't sound like him, apart from that one incident, like hiding from the ball and hiding from play. He never really did that with Burnley. But like I said, I, I completely forgot he was at Villa. You mentioned Villa there as well. I completely forgot about that. So that shows that how much of an effect he had there, I suppose. I think his confidence is shot, mate. I know you two want to move on. Yeah. I think his confidence is shot. And I think that is... That is a symptom of him being brought into a club and to a style of play which was never going to suit him. So you, you keep trying to stuff a square peg in a round hole, yeah. then you're going to erode a player's confidence and, and wear away. And we've seen that with Sebastian Haller, Gianluca Scamacca, you know, plenty of strikers before that. Like it, It's so blindly obvious to West Ham fans what sort of a striker David Moyes needs. And that's a Marco Arnautovic, Mikel Antonio type. And Bowen's yeah. certainly well because he's physical, strong and quick. Um, but it's just like when we don't sign that, it's like, well, what are you doing? That's a waste of time and money, which again, for the God knows how many years in a row, that's what Danny Ings, just like so many strikers before him, is, is proving to be. Fair enough. Obviously, he's not the only ex-Claret at West Ham. You've got Maxwell Cornet, a, a player that's missed quite a lot, because obviously Ings left a long time ago now, so I think a lot of people are over it. But Cornet left, obviously, the season we went down. A lot of Burnley fans loved him in that season. Bit of a debate among some Burnley fans. Some were saying he were overrated, some still do. But I think a lot of us uh, agreed that it, within that team, he was probably the only one that could make things happen, um, but then went to West Ham. Obviously, struggled with injuries, he struggled with injuries at us. He's had even worse injuries with you guys. What's how's Corner doing then at West Ham? Is he? Is, I won't say a fan favourite because he's probably not played enough. But what 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 do your fans think of him? To be honest, Joe, even as I was saying then, just about our attacking players, like the attacking midfield players, I basically forget him, and I think most West Ham fans do. And uh, to be honest, there's there's that little bit of a rumbling, isn't there? That Burnley knew because he had a really weird injury. It was like this long, yeah, very specific, yeah, calf, really rare calf condition or something like that. So there was a few murmurings that Burnley already knew about that when they carted him off to West Ham and, and took the money. Whether or not that's that's sort of been proven or not, I don't really know. But it just felt he was really unlucky with that, um, and so that kept him out for a while. Like we had Pablo Fornells who's been great for years in that position, but now his, his time is up and he's, he's sort of, he'll leave at the end of the season. He hasn't signed a new contract. He's not sort of part of the Moises' plans anymore. He's tried to tried to make it work beside Ben Rama, who I'm not having at all. And if I'm quite honest now, now seems like the time, unless there's something going on that fans aren't aware of, where 
I know we signed Mohamed Kudus, but I would like to see Cornet getting more game time than he is and getting a bit of a chance to show what he was about at Burnley. Because I was really excited when we signed him. I thought, yeah, yeah. that's brilliant. Like, it was nice for us to be a club, to be honest, poaching the good players from the teams that go down rather than being the team going down, watching all our good players go to yeah. like Premier League teams. And I was like, yeah, that's a really good, promising signing. And he's shown flashes, but I can't really work it out. Moyes doesn't seem to fancy him that much. Um, and I think he would be an excellent option. I would have no problem having Bowen as our striker, Paqueta as number 10, um, and then Mohamed Kudus and Corne as the other two. Corne yeah. seems to work well on the left. So I don't know, really. I think fans don't. I think they ultimately want to see him succeed at West Ham, but haven't seen anywhere near enough of him to have an opinion one way or the other. But I, I think I speak for certainly myself, but, uh, but a few more Hammers fans who go, now seems like a time where if he's going to get a shot, it will be between now and the end of the season. And I hope he does. And I think most West Ham fans hope he does well. Yeah, there's been a lot of noise surrounding Corny on the Burnley Twitter this week. I've tried to stay out of it because, you know, he could score the goal against us this weekend, you know. Uh, a lot of fans do miss him. A lot of fans want him back. I'd take him back in a heartbeat. I really, mm. really would. Um, Ings probably probably would at the minute with our striker situation. We're not on 125 grand a week. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, obviously not, not the greatest to start for Burnley, but I do like to ask opposition fans what they think of Burnley. Not the greatest start for Burnley, but obviously we've been through a bit of a change in the last 18 months where we've completely changed the style and ethos of the football club. We've gone to go, tried to go into a different direction in terms of how we play and how people view us. What are your thoughts on, on, on what Burnley are trying to do and, and, and the unfortunate start to the season? Well, mate, as you know, I love Burnley. I really have got a soft spot for Burnley. I, me and my dad have developed a weird tradition over the past know, sort of five, six, seven years, probably a little bit longer than that, maybe the last decade or whatever, of yeah. always making sure that, you know, we do a reasonable amount of away games in a season, but always making sure we do Burnley. We've had you in a couple, couple of times. We've gone up on grim, horrible Tuesdays. Uh, so I love the stadium. I love all your fans, you know, anyone, yourself included, of course, anyone I've ever interacted with either in person or on, on these sort of things or just on social media. The people are nice. The club's nice. They're a proper football club. It's a proper football ground. It's a good atmosphere. There always seems to be good games. We, you know, we have, we've got some good results and we've lost some as well. They always seem to be reasonably entertaining. Uh, and I think they add loads to the Premier League. And I, I don't, it's a bit lazy trope, I think to sort of say that Burnley under Dyche were this dinosaur-style mm. football team. You're obviously a bit more efficient and, and played a lower block and stuff, but it was hardly Tony Pulis, Sam Allardyce stuff, as far as I thought. And whilst I think it's sort of flavour of the month or flavour of the day, really, isn't it, to the football club owners to be determined to change the way their yeah. football club play. And... Like, you know, obviously last season you were excellent in the championship. Vincent Company learned at the school of Pep Guardiola. So seems to be a good sort of bloke. And I reckon he'll probably go far in management. Yeah, I agree. Whether or not, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just think perhaps it's a little bit naive to think you can come up to the Premier League from the championship, especially with the golfing class a lot of the time these days. and 
play an expensive sort of you know passing brand of football and stay up that sounds a bit bleak but i'm not saying you have to be completely route one but i just think when you're sort of re-establishing yourself again when you come up from the championship historically and like the stats will tell you that the teams who do better and stay in the league it is a bit uglier it is a bit grittier there's a reason that after every game against a team who try and play football Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp come out and heap praise on the yeah. managers it's because they've yeah. stuck them 6-0 and that's why they come out and go oh all the time wasting and direct footballs into the box. They always moan about it and try and make out like the teams that do that are this like bad for football, bad for the Premier League. It's like, well, actually, it's because they hate that it's more yeah. of a leveler when you play teams like that. And they hate playing against sides like that because it's harder to get points off them. So I admire in a way the philosophy. I also think you it's wise to temper it slightly when you come back in the Premier League if you want to stick around. I'm not saying pendulum from 1970s Brazil when you're in the Championship to Sam Allardyce Bolton when you're in the Prem, but it just seems, it feels a little bit naive maybe from company, not adjusting slightly or trying to add a little bit more, you know, all right, look, we're in the Prem now, we're not going to be better at most of these teams than actually playing football, you know? Yeah, no, I think I think a few Burnley fans agree with that now at the minute. I think, you know, we all came up with this expectation because we absolutely bossed the championship. You know, we finished 21 points above Luton last season and now Luton are mm. above us, despite we went and spent over 100 million quid as well. Um, so I think a few people uh, would agree with that. We we have we did change slightly against Arsenal, which surprised a few of us who went more in, into a, not a low block with such, but more into that sort of style. Um, we scored, not we? sure. Well, we, yeah, we scored. We still got comfortably beaten. We were level for all of three minutes. It were a brilliant yeah, three yeah. minutes, though, mate. It was fantastic. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, so whether, we, whether we'll see him continue that change against you guys and try and be a little bit more um, assured at the back um, than just completely kamikaze, then then we'll see. Um, what sort of, sorry, sorry go quickly, on, mate. I'll let you go. Loads, loads, yeah. of, loads of teams, not just Burnley, like we'll go to Arsenal and play low block. And we're going to try for yeah. sixth or seventh this season. Like even the the so-called, and you'll excuse me for this, but the so-called bigger clubs or the teams who are likely to finish further up the league than you will adapt, won't they, for certain games? And I just think the stage burned out. I don't think it's like a crime against football for you to adapt in more games than perhaps we would. Because so speaking frankly, without it's not a jibe. We've got better players than you, haven't we? So yeah. I, I don't think it's a bad thing for your managers to adapt. Anyway, sorry, crack on. No, oh, yeah. Hopefully, we, hopefully we see more of a, an adaptation going forward because I don't want him to completely change his philosophy. Like I, Craig Bellamy went on the overlap right. recently and said, "Why, why would we change?" And I agree with that. We shouldn't change the philosophy, but we should adapt and, and make yeah. us, us harder to beat. Because I think at the minute yeah. we are too easy to beat. Sam and Jordan said on Talksport recently that we are the easiest team to beat in the league. A few Burnley fans had a bit of a whinge about it, but he was spot on. We are the easiest team to beat in the league. We're bottom for a reason. Yeah, um, yeah. Luton and Sheffield United have. have since decided to, to to show themselves up a little bit. Yes, Sheffield United got beat 8-0 off Newcastle, but since then they've, they've been quite difficult to beat and hopefully uh, we don't find that out too much next next week when we play them. Um, going into the actual game itself then, um, what sort of game are you expecting? How are you expecting West Ham to set up and, and Burnley to set up? Tricky one. Obviously, it all depends on the injuries that we've spoken about already. 
where with players coming back from international duty, it's always tough, isn't it? You never know what sort of condition they come back. Excuse me, you never know what sort of condition they come back in. Mohamed Kudus travelled to Ghana. Reports suggest that he had a previous back injury. He missed a training session for them and played their most recent game. I'm not sure in what nick he's going to be in. Um, Moyes will stick with his 4-2-3-1, I think, unless we're completely decimated up front. I think yeah. it's almost certain that he's not going to... I mean, we can switch the five at the back with Emerson and Soufau as wing-backs and then Aguered, uh, Zuma and Rapinos as our centre-halves, probably, or Agbonna, maybe. Um, but I'd be stunned if we don't play 4-2-3-1 that we usually do. It'll be Ward-Prowse uh, and Suchek at the base of that. You might have Edson Alvarez in there as well. Um, and then just have sort of more of a three in midfield, deep line, and then three attack. I think it it all just depends on what like what players we've got available to us. But it'll basically be four defenders, five in midfield with two of them being two or three of them being slightly more attacking depending on who we've got and then one striker I hope that's Bowen if it's Bowen I, I fancy us and, and then with Paqueta behind him uh, Suchan Galvez Ward Prowse with the set pieces I, I would fancy us and then yeah that that will be it but it'll just be whoever Moisey's got um, available yeah, I know PTSD stands for post-traumatic stress disorder, but I think I've just been given PTSD pre-traumatic stress disorder. You mentioned Ward Prowse's um, set pieces there and corner kicks. I'm not looking forward to that at all. Uh, we can't clear a ball. Um, but Ekdal coming back might help us with that. Fingers crossed it does, uh, but but we'll see. Uh, predictions then, you said if you have certain players back, you fancy you. Um, to be honest, if, 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 if Ward Prowse can... Can swing in some good corners. I think I think you'll probably be okay to be honest. Ekdal, like I said, might change it. But what what's your prediction for this game, mate? Yeah, listen, mate. I, I think you you made a good point on our podcast yesterday that we're still West Ham and we can still have an off day every now and yeah. then. That's exactly what happened against Everton a few weeks ago. If we play to our capabilities, we beat you two nil, something like that. You know, it, I wouldn't be surprised to see us put three past you if we've got everyone fit. I don't think it'll be quite as nice and easy as that. I fancy it'll be a bit of a gritty, ugly sort of game with few players sort of playing when perhaps they shouldn't be and a couple of injuries and not everything clicking. So I obviously hope we edge it and I, I think we will. So I'm going to go 2-1 to West Ham, but not a pretty spectacle. No, fair enough. I don't think many Burnley fans would, would disagree with that. I think I predicted 2-0 on your show yesterday. Uh, I, I'll stick with that. I, I know Ekdal coming back should help us, uh, and we have had a lot of injuries recently. And it'd be interesting to see if uh, how Lyle is at the minute, whether, whether Lyle can come back. Obviously, as I've said, every time I've mentioned it, the priority that he gets better. But if he's back, it will help us. So, so there is that. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what the company says in his press conference tomorrow, because we're recording this on Thursday. You might be listening, uh, sorry, on Wednesday. You might be listening to it on Thursday. The company press conference is on Thursday as well. So fingers crossed we have more information there. Um, but that's pretty much it from me, mate. Is uh, anything you want to add? I'll tell you what, just let everyone know where they can find find your, um, your your podcast and your channel and stuff like that before we do wrap it up. Yeah, cool. It's We Are West Ham. So we're at We Are underscore West Ham on Twitter. But yeah, if you go to the YouTube channel, um, our video with Joe yesterday is already up. So just literally just search We Are West Ham 
on YouTube or a podcast first and foremost. So if you do fancy uh, having a listen in, um, the one with Joe will be out as a separate episode today, I think. So by the time you listen to this, it'll definitely be up. So just again, search We Are West Ham on any of your platforms. And it's me, Will Pugh and James Jones. So you'll be able to get us out. And yeah, one you said, would I like to add anything? I love Burnley. I really like to stay out. I love going there. It's a great ground, great people. Um, so yeah, yeah if, uh, I do hope you stay out. Thank you, mate. It's always refreshing to hear people say that because you don't get a lot of that as a Burnley fan. I were even on a on a show with a Luton fan the other day, like survival rivals and a Sheffield United fan, and they were giving it me both angles. I'm like, what? What have you? What issue have Luton got with us for God's sake? Uh, so, so, so it is refreshing to hear that, mate. But yeah, um, hope you do well for the season. Fingers crossed, you you achieve everything you want to achieve. Maybe top half finishing a decent run in in the Europa League will be fantastic for West Ham. When you're I think. Open, mate. Yeah, that'll be massive, won't it? That will be massive. Uh, but thanks for coming on, mate. It's been a pleasure. Good luck for the rest of the season, just after Saturday, of course. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 